Welcome in everyone to episode 121 of the Batfoot Podcast. My name is Damon here with David and Matt. Today we're going to bring up some encouraging team starts or some worrying team starts. Uh, we'll go to some injuries, some other miscellaneous stuff, and then we're going to take a look at the league leaders uh, so far as a couple weeks through the season. Uh, and then we'll jump into players of the week to wrap the show up. But before we get to all that, David, how are you doing? Doing good. Got to go to Wrigley Field this weekend. Uh Watch the Cubs play. There's the game they won, like ten runs. It was a it was a good fun game. Nice to go in there and get a some good experience at the ballpark again, and uh, you know, and get to see the team win. Uh, always fun. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I have not uh, gotten to go to the ballpark yet, uh, but uh, been doing enjoying some baseball nonetheless. And uh, yeah, everything's been going well. Um, I uh, had a good week. So, uh, uh, Damien, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, glad to be back here. Had some power issues uh, the last time we were supposed to record. So glad to be back here. Hope everyone had a, a great Easter weekend. I know it was a lot of fun. I went over and hung out with my dad on Sunday and watched the uh, watched some baseball, watched some, uh, the NASCAR race at Bristol and just getting ready to hang out. Can't wait for this week. I'm going actually to a Dodgers-Cubs game. So be interested to see how all the the rule changes and stuff look like in stadium. And we might talk about that a little later on. Uh, once we've all kind of went and experienced it live, but uh, you know, I'm excited to to get to this episode. So, what do you guys say? Let's get to it. So, let's go ahead and start with the historic start of the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, they are the first team to be ten and zero since nineteen eighty seven, uh, and through their first eight games, they had a positive forty six run differential that was the best since before the nineteen hundreds. And I believe you guys can say anything. Uh, about it, but they're winning tonight, I believe, as well against the Red Sox. Well, on their way to an eleven and zero start. Yep, six to one right now. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I mean that's a that's an incredible start. But you know, we obviously note noted last week kind of the the schedule for the Rays early in the season. I mean, they got all all these wins off of teams that weren't expected to be good. But at the same time, a start like this, I mean, you're seeing a lot of teams hovering around that 500 mark early in the season. The fact that the Rays have have won this many games already and have blown out teams like this with shutout pitching from all their, you know, all their starters is really remarkable. And they're getting, you know, knockout performances from Wander Franco, Brandon Lau. Uh, Randy Rosarena, like this is a this is a legitimate threat for the the AL East in my mind. Uh, even though they haven't, you know, they're just playing their first games against an AL East opponent in the Red Sox this weekend. Yeah, I, I think um, I wanted to point out the, the guys you mentioned, Wander Franco. Uh, you know, I think the part of the ceiling for the Rays this year was what are you going to get? Are you going to get like the breakout for Wander Franco, or are you going to get the good player Wander Franco? Wander Franco, we've seen the last two years, and I think you're starting to look like you, you know, there's been something, some encouraging signs that he might be breaking out this year. You know, obviously, you know, it's only been, you know, two weeks, but uh, that he's looked really, really good at the plate. And, uh, you know, I think that the big thing with them is there's another level to Wander Franco and Randy Rosarina that we haven't seen before, and I think we might see it this year. Like, I don't think Randy Rosarina is going to keep up an 11% strikeout rate this year. 
but I think that there's a level that, you know, we saw in the World Baseball Classic from him. He looks really, really good. And this is also a team that, you know, they were a wild card team last year. They won a lot of games last year, and they missed Brandon Lau for most of the season. I think people forget how good he is. And I, I'm glad you pointed him out because he has put up a – fantastic start to the season and you know if you look back at the last few years like in 2021 his last full season he played 149 games he was a five wins above replacement player so this is a really good player and you know they missed that last year um and and this is a team that obviously the pitching is fantastic i don't think they're as good as they've been so far they've been playing like you said some weak weak opponents but uh, this is a team you're worried about the the bats and how consistent they would be. And if the, you get that that extra level out of Franco and a Rosarena, and you get the healthy season from Brandon Lau back to form, you've got a pretty nasty one two three punch. You put a put in a few of the really good role players like Yandy Diaz and Isaac Paredes with those guys, and you've got a good offense there too. So uh, the pitching is great, the the offense is great. They play great defense. The just run prevention in general is fantastic for them. And I know that uh, I don't think we mentioned it, but I heard the day i saw a tweet i think they're calling up taj bradley who's like a top 40 prospect yeah. too so they're about to get even deeper in the pitching rotation right now and i don't think it's out of a necessity that they have to call him up like i think zach Eflin might be hitting the il but like still you know they've got plenty of starters at the big league level already or, or close to it so i think they must feel really good about taj bradley to bring him on up so a uh, great start for the rays and uh you know i, I don't i think it changes my opinion of them a little bit you know you've already got some uh wins in the bag there and the fact of the matter is that even though this is only the first 11 games and it's a long season those wins still do count and when you have a four game lead you're you got a four game head start so um it's nice to see that for them and uh, i like this team they've looked really good so far so i think they're maybe a little better than i expect them to be coming into the year yeah for a team that all three of us had finishing third in this division and we expected it to be a dogfight division where every game's going to matter. Beating the teams that you're supposed to beat and doing it handedly, you know, even if the Yankees or the Blue Jays, if they have to face the same amount of teams, what are the odds that they're going 11-0 and against them as well? Like even if they drop two or three of those games, that still matters a lot at the end of the season. So the Rays being able to do this, uh, you know, I, we say all the time, like the Rays are always going to surprise us. They're always going to make us look like fools. They're pretty much doing it right now. I mean, the, the, the way that this pitching staff has looked, I know it's against the weak competition, but you've had what McClanahan's had two starts and hasn't given up hardly anything. Jeffrey Springs and Drew Rasmussen and their two starts have been literally scoreless in each of them. Eflin looked pretty solid, but now they're calling up a top 40 prospect and Taj Bradley to add to that rotation as well. And when Eflin gets back, that just deepens the starting rotation even more at the moment. And the bullpen's been lights out all year as well. I mean, out of what they have, three guys have given up, four guys have given up runs in the bullpen. And the other ones are all have been scoreless so far. Like This team's just fundamentally good all the way around, and they're getting their performances from the guys like Brandon Lau, who was an injury concern coming into the year. Wander Franco, we were looking for the breakout. We all saw what Randy is. We all know what he is, especially through the WBC, but he's playing up to that level. I mean, Josh Lowe has been good for them as well, who's had question marks. Manny Margot, he's coming back off an injury-riddled season. He's looked good. Like This team's getting top-level performances from every single position at the moment. Yeah, it's good. You were absolutely right, by the way. And, and you know, that's kind of what we said in our preview show was, 
you, you know, we got all these previews, we agreed on a bunch of stuff, but at the end of the day, so, there are going to be teams that surprise. Yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, so another, you know, performance that has been really, really, uh, I wouldn't say good to see because it's been a lot against my team to start <laughs> the season, but it's been the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, you know, we talked about them. There, there was going to be the one and two in that division. It was going to be the Padres and it was going to be the Dodgers. And then the third team was, was going to be a battle between the Giants and the Diamondbacks. Well, the Diamondbacks have started off their season against the Dodgers, the Padres, the Dodgers, and then one game against the Brewers. They're six and four. In L.A., they had a four-game series against the Dodgers, split two of those, went to San Diego, split that series in San Diego, and then against the Dodgers on a four-game weekend series, took three out of four there. And those last couple games, they took very, very handedly. Um, And then Zach Gallen looked amazing last night, I think struck out like 11 Brewers in six innings or something. Like This team is, if they're going to keep getting this production, and, and a lot of it was with two outs even, um, they're a team that's really pesky and hasn't been going away, but they're off to that six and four start and with five of the wins coming against LA. And Yeah, I, I guess I can start with this one. Um, I, I like what the Diamondbacks have done and, and they've gotten some good contributions from guys. Like I think that you look at, uh, you look at Evan Longoria as a guy who's had a really good start to the season. And, and, you know, he's a guy that he's been banged up so much last few years, but I think we kind of talked about in our preview shows that, you know, there might still be a little bit in the tank talent wise there after, you know, because because when he was playing, he was not really that bad the last couple of years. It's just been not being able to stay healthy. And if he's able to put up a healthy season, I know he's 37, but, you know, he could put up an okay, you know, season and help that team. And uh, you look at a guy like a, uh, you know, you look at Corbin Carroll has been really solid to start the year. That the, the plate he had been great, but man, he's been a terror on the base paths, like we've talked about. Already has five stolen bases. Um, you know, I don't know if I fully believe in in this start as much as I do the Rays start, but going up against the Dodgers and putting up some putting some wins in the bank there is a really good start for them. And uh, I like what I've seen from them for the most part. I think they're a team that definitely is. Oh, you know, on the rise and some of the guys that, that have, you know, that they've started off that haven't been, you know, fantastic yet are, are guys that you're not really all that worried about. Like you feel like Cattell Marte is going to be at least decent. You know, you feel like Lourdes Gurriel is not going to be this bad. You know, he's they have both had really rough starts. Christian Walker as well. Like those guys are going to end up being pretty good. So um, I think that uh, this is definitely a team to look out for and, and putting those wins in the bank is really nice for them. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I I didn't have it muted, but yeah, I agree. I you know this this team needs you know big performances from their pitching. I think to be able to keep up in that division, but they've been getting them so far, and you know they do have Brandon Fod and and uh, Dre yep. Jamison and some of those guys coming up. So, um, it's not it's not unheard of to think that this team has has big steps that can be taken as we go forward. Um, you know, especially at the trade deadline because. You know, you, you look ahead, if that if this team can stay in it, right, there's going to be good starters on the market. I think that's evidently clear from some of the early struggles and some of the teams that are kind of falling down uh, the order. Just the way the White Sox have been playing, like I'm genuinely thinking that you'll have some of those White Sox starters because Giolito is on like a contract year. The way the White Sox have been playing just screams to me that they'll they'll end up trying to get rid of one or two of those starters at the deadline for something. A team like the Diamondbacks can pick up a starter like that and really you know cement their rotation. It is the White Sox though, which is kind of like the central version of the Rockies. So right. I mean, 
but they never know what they're going to do. Yeah. Arizona's never been a team that's been afraid to make a move if they yeah. needed to. Mm-hmm. Like the, what was oh, it? Yeah. 20, was it 2017 when they got JD? Yeah. yeah. Uh, at the JD. deadline. Martinez. Yeah. Yeah. Look no further than Grinky. signing. I was going to say signing Zach Grinky. I yeah. mean, I was just specifically saying, like, at the deadline, to make the move at that point. Yeah, it was a terrible Um, signing, but signing Madison Bumgarner. (laughs) Yeah, the Diamondbacks like to go for it, so I wouldn't be surprised. They have have a lot of prospect currency right now with Drew Jones down there, you know. You won't trade Drew Jones, but they got a bunch of outfielders, like young outfielders in AAA. Yeah. Yeah. And and the fact also – you know, they, they lure in on Xander Bogarts a little bit in the offseason, too. They, they talked yeah. to him, and, and I think they might have talked to Dansby Swanson a little bit, too, before they decided to, you know, ride with what they had. But uh, definitely uh, definitely a team that might be interesting if they're still in it come deadline time. Yeah, and they were in on Trevor Story the year before, too. Well, yeah. It doesn't get talked about a lot, either. But uh, anyways, another team that's been off, too, and encouraged – I shouldn't even say team. It's just players, really. The Pittsburgh fighting Brian Reynolds – are off to a six and four start. Um, they've, I mean, against Cincinnati, Boston, the White Sox, uh, they lost against Houston last night, but I think they're leading right now. But um, it, it is still encouraging to see them at six and four. It really has been Jason, basically the Brian Reynolds show. He's just telling them, pay me everything I want, give me my damn opt out. But still, it, it's still fun to see a team like the Pirates, even if it is against some weaker opponents to start the year. Still over 500 playing solid baseball. Yeah, I mean, we nobody picked, none of us picked that. We were like thinking the Pirates might be the seller, or they might be better than the Reds. Uh, they're already over 500. And like we said, th- these wins early on, they matter. They matter for player morale. They matter for, you know, creating that culture that believes that they can win. And the Pirates have a lot of like useful players, but, you know, if, if you get some overperformances from guys like Brian Reynolds, I think that's a team that can, you know, the NL Central kind of looks. We'll get to the next team. NL Central kind of looks pretty open for the Cubs, the Pirates, the Brewers, all of them kind of, you know, you got to step on the gas. Every game, very important for all these teams. Yeah, and just a, a shout out to Andrew McCutcheon. has been playing really well so far, too. Mm-hmm. He's had a great and, start and had his first home run at uh, back at PNC Park. That was a really cool scene with him being back there, you know, for the first time as a Pirate ever since he left, like, was it 2016 that he left in, in the trade yeah. uh, to the Giants? Or Brian Reynolds. For Brian Reynolds, yeah. So uh, definitely cool to see him out there. Um, you know, unfortunately, <clears throat> we'll talk about a certain uh, guy that got injured here later yeah. on. But uh, And then, hey, pitching-wise, David Bednar has a negative .1 FIP. So yeah, he's good. He's he real is, good. And he's, he was good last year, too. But Mitch Keller's been really good, too. Uh, he's, he's had some, you know, his control hadn't been great, but uh, he's, he's looked pretty solid. And, you know, they might, they have some sneaky, like, Roanzi Contreras. They have some sneaky pitching there, too, that may not be top of the line yet, but they have some talent in that rotation. I don't think they have any future aces there, but they've got a few guys that are at least interesting. So, absolutely. Uh, well, let's stay in the. Uh, NL Central, and, and let's go from the, uh, the good talk to the bad talk, as David wants to say, because he absolutely <laughs> hates this team. Uh, but True. the St. Louis Cardinals have had some uh, pretty interesting development slash drama happen over the past week or so. Yeah, they so and, and maybe Matt can can fill me in here. I, so so Tyler O'Neill got waived from, I believe it was from second, uh, like on a single. And 
and the third base coach waves Tyler O'Neill in. O'Neill gets thrown out at the plate. Pretty clearly, it was a bad send. I mean, you look at where the the ball was hit. It was pretty soft. Fielder fielded it almost immediately. Threw him out at the plate. I, yeah, you know, and then yeah, pick 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 up from here, Matt. What what happened after that? So basically, you know, they sent Tyler O'Neill. Like you said, it was probably a bad send, especially when I mean, it was Acuna throwing, who's got one of the strongest arms in baseball, and they they sent him, and he was thrown out by a pretty good amount. You know, but he wasn't really like he was. I wouldn't say he was lollygagging, but he wasn't really like just all out hustling. And anyways, after the game, it might be something where you know you kind of tell him, hey, you know, you really need to go harder there, like type thing with the, you know have a conversation with the manager. But instead, the manager Oli Marmol calls him out after the game in the presser, says he wasn't hustling, and then he benched him the next day. And it just caused a lot of drama because that doesn't need to come out in the public. He doesn't need to be benched. And, you know, it, it's it's a situation where like and, and the and the Cardinals were just really struggling and it just adds bad vibes to the team. And I think Oli Marmol is a young manager. He hasn't been a, a manager very long. And I think it's just a mistake by him. And he's really feels like he's kind of losing the clubhouse a little bit. But that team's got a lot of issues and they're not just Tyler O'Neill and that. You know, I think that he needs to they, they, they messing that making that clubhouse worse is not going to help that team at all. So I think um, definitely, you know, it's definitely some unnecessary drama early. And I mean, there's even rumors about like the Cardinals are going to trade him now, like that kind of rumor, which is kind of crazy to me. That's... I mean, they do have some extra outfielders and they really need pitching. So I get that, like. I mean, they've got like six outfielders and they have no pitching. So, I mean, you know, that that would make sense to trade him from a baseball standpoint, honestly. So maybe maybe Ollie Marmol was trying to get him to trade him. I don't know. But it was a very weird and dramatic situation that was kind of unnecessary. And the next night, I think it was Paul Goldschmidt got thrown out by the same oh, distance. He got thrown like, out by or like, worse. It was right? like he was halfway. He was halfway between third and home, and the catcher already had the ball. I mean, like it was you, not even close. You would never put that on Paul Goldschmidt, right? Like no. Paul Goldschmidt, MVP last year. Like he would never put that on him. Yeah. So because Tyler O'Neill, who was struggled last year, who's bad, like because it, he's a young player who's easy to point fingers at, right? You're not pointing fingers at the third base coach who clearly had another bad send. The, you know that same series, like. It's why are we, you know, putting yeah. the blame on Tyler O'Neill for this? It's it's pretty clearly a, a problem in that St. Louis clubhouse right now, and it's reflected in their record. I mean, they're three and seven, bottom of the NL Central right now. Yeah, well, I would say that he was. Um, I would say that Tyler O'Neill would have beat that out if he had been really hustling. I mean, he's a fast runner. If he was really hustling, he it was not a it was not a the Goldschmidt sin was like one of the worst sins I've ever seen. I couldn't believe they sent him. Like it was just a gift to the Braves to get that out. But the Tyler O'Neill one that he really could have beat that play out if he was really going hard. But it wasn't like he was just kind of slowly jogging or something like he was i mean he was running he just wasn't like running at his full and he's also a guy that's dealt with a lot of injuries too the last couple of years so i mean i you know i i don't fully fault the third base the, the third base coach for that one but it was uh definitely one that he um it was definitely a situation where it was totally unnecessary to bench him and to go in the media and as i mean we've never really seen that type of thing from him 
like it hadn't really been a problem. So that just not hustling. Like he seems like the type of guy that hustles all the time. Yeah, that's kind of the reason he's been good in the past. So I don't know. It's definitely a weird situation there for sure. Yeah, it is just weird how they all basically just attacked him for it for some reason. Yeah. Makes you wonder if there's something else behind the scenes with Tyler O'Neill in that clubhouse or something, but who the hell knows? Yeah. The Cardinals are always weird about the Cardinal way or whatever. So Yeah. They're also weird about not getting pitching when they don't have any. That's, so that's for sure. <laughs> that's true. Alrighty, well, let's jump over to the injury segment. Uh, they got a handful of ones that are bad, and then we'll give you a couple injury updates at the back end of it. But the big one that happened, it was on Sunday. It was regarding the Pittsburgh Pirates. Matt mentioned it or hinted at it a little bit earlier. Uh, but O'Neill Cruz got into a collision at the plate, uh, ended up fracturing. I believe it was his left ankle. Had to undergo surgery, and he's going to be out for four-plus months, it seems like. Yeah, that's huge for for the Pirates. Kind of put us a downer on what we just talked about. Uh, but you know, the there was a big you know moment at, at home plate too with the White Sox catcher looking like he was talking to him and the benches clearing brawl. But I think the bigger the bigger worry for sure was O'Neill Cruz's leg and, and how that might affect his athleticism down the road and uh, just you know whether or not he's going to be able to you know get get back to it. I mean, they said like four months. Said the Pirates Twitter. And that's most of the season. So, um, you know, that's not the way you want to the season to go for the Pirates. They do have G. Juan Bay, who looks pretty good right now. He can probably step in and play some shortstop. So <sighs> we'll see. But that definitely turns turns that Pirates hope kind of sour for sure. Yeah, it was unfortunate. Uh, O'Neill Cruz had seemed to be making some adjustments at the plate. His uh, chase rates were down a little bit. He was making a little bit better contact, so it was nice to see that. Obviously, this early, it's going to be tough to it's going to be tough to see like you know his overall numbers and what they look like in the first nine games if if that's a good sign going forward. But just the, some of those other numbers can stabilize a little bit quicker. And there's some good signs starting up for him. And it's really a shame to see that this early. And uh, like you say, I mean, it hurts the Pirates a lot. And I don't know if it'll, I don't know what type of uh, leg injury it was. I know it's a fracture, obviously, but I don't know which bone or how bad it was or whatever. Obviously, it's going to take him out for a while. But, um, you know, it kind of sucks to, uh, you know, it sucks to see. And, you know, I don't know if, I, I kind of doubt it zaps his, you know, his athleticism and stuff. But you never know. He's a big guy, and it's hard for big guys sometimes when they, you know, have those leg injuries. So, uh, you know, I think it, uh, you know, I think it's tough. Um, I thought that the, you know, the plate at the plate, it was kind of a weird, like, it was a weird plate at the plate, I guess, where he was kind of in between whether he should slide or go in, you know, go in and try to take the catcher out and he kind of like it was just weird and then he um you know i thought it was uncalled for the sebi zavala yelling at him after it happened i mean i know he knew he was laid on the ground but like why are you getting up and yelling at him while he's after a collision i mean that's part of baseball so i didn't like that too much and then of course of course when the pirates see their star you know phenom get laid on the ground with a broken leg and the other team's catcher yelling at him, they're going to come out and start a brawl. And uh, so uh, I think, uh, you know, that was kind of a little bit unnecessary, but I definitely think, um, you know, I definitely, I definitely hate it for the pirates and I hate it for O'Neill Cruz. Hopefully he comes back. Uh, hopefully he comes back better than ever. So. Yeah. It loses one of the young 
fun players to watch in the game. So that really does suck. Uh, we've seen an influx of young talent this year, so we'll talk about a little bit more of those. But you never like losing a guy like O'Neill Cruz, especially for a team like the Pirates, who uh, he was going to be one of the main reasons people go out to the ballpark this year. Uh, but, you know, staying with the White Sox side of it, they have now also lost their starting shortstop for a few weeks as Tim Anderson uh, has a strained left knee. Uh, it was a weird play on Monday in a rundown. He, uh, They were kind of trying to run the guy between second and third. And basically, Hanser tried to tag the guy, missed the tag, tried to turn around and throw it to Anderson as the runner was running basically into Anderson. Uh, and he tried to go down, landed awkwardly on his knee, uh, stayed in the game for the rest of it, but had, an, uh, I think, an MRI or something the, yesterday uh, afterwards and basically went on the IL today, and he's out for two to four weeks. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, this seems like something that, you know, obviously this was kind of a collision play. I was watching that game, but, uh, you know, it seems like Tim Anderson's good for missing a couple weeks every year. You know, he kind of like, you know, 123 games, 123 games in 2019, 2021. You know, last year he played 79 games. So he is a guy who's dealt with injuries at times. He's a really good player when he's out there. So hopefully he gets comes back healthy. Uh, but I don't think it's something that's going to keep him out, you know, for a super long time. Yeah, and I think they're just getting Eloy back from injury as well. So, you know, you're looking at a team that's already dealt with a number of injuries, you know, it, it's just, it's not a good start. It's not the kind of thing you want to see from a team that both, you know, we saw the, like we mentioned, the the, the Sebi Zavala thing. And then, you know, they're getting into brawls and you've got guys getting hurt. And, and as soon as one gets hurt, the other one's out. And, uh, you know, the, the White Sox have been this tantalizing team. We talked about it in the preview show. They got so much talent and, and losing Tim Anderson, who's just another one of those really talented, you know, high level players just makes it that much harder for them to catch the twins and the guardians in the central. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we kind of mentioned it a little bit when we were talking about the Rays there, but uh, they did lose Zach Eflin to lower back stiffness. Uh, it does sound like he's going to miss at least two starts and then they'll possibly see where he's going to go from there. Uh, they did call up Taj Bradley to fill in uh, for that spot, but uh, one of the, the Rays better pitchers going down for at least a couple weeks. Yeah, Zach Eflin was actually the biggest free agent signing in Rays history um, this past year, and he looked pretty good to start the season. Um, and it, it sucks to see him. Uh, it sucks to see him get hurt this early, but it sounds like it's not a very big long-term type injury. So I think, um, you know, I, I think that obviously you would like to see you would like to see him healthy this early in the season. But I think hopefully he can come back, you know, in the next few weeks. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so another big injury that we had happened was Adam Duvall fractured his wrist. I didn't quite see how this one happened. So if you guys do let, let me know, but uh, he had been one of the best players in baseball so far, especially for that Red Sox team. Uh, but he's going to miss about six to eight weeks. Yeah, that's huge. And he was Matt's player of the week last week. So, yeah, you know, a tough break. He was leading the league in war. Uh, 514 on base, 455 average, four homers, 14 RBIs to start the year. Just a monster, monster opening week for Adam Duvall and got hit on the hand. You know, what, what are you going to do? There's nothing else you can do. 
Uh, yeah. Just just a fluke thing, tough break. He was really the Red Sox entire offense right now. I mean, Rafael Devers had a few homers, but Duvall was doing it all. Uh, what a huge signing for them. And just you hate to see it go go awry so fast. I think Ryan McKenna was a pretty big part of that offense yeah. too. Yeah, which hand did he break? Did y'all see? I think uh, it was his left. Yeah. The same one he broke last year. Because yeah. I think if he got hit by it, I would assume it was his left. Yeah, that's he, usually the it, one. It, yeah, thing. I just I just found it. It was his left wrist, and I think that's the same one he broke last year that mm-hmm. put him out for the season. So that's uh, definitely troubling. But uh, maybe it might be a different bone or something. But uh, definitely sucks to see he was playing so well for them. And uh, you know, Adam Duvall is the type of guy who he will go on a tear for like two weeks, and then he will be awful at the plate for three weeks. So it probably wasn't going to last. But, man, it sucks to see him get hurt. I really like him. He's a fun player, um, and, you know, he's a great, great guy. Everyone's talked about how great he was in the Braves clubhouse last year, and I'm sure he was going to be the same guy for the Red Sox. And uh, they really couldn't afford another outfield injury, too. I mean, they've got – you know, they, he was playing center field for them, and, and they really don't have many guys that can play center field. So um, definitely uh, definitely sucks to see, but uh, hopefully he comes back um, – Hopefully he comes back at some point later in the year, I guess. I don't know what his timetable is, but um, definitely sucks to see. Yeah. Uh, another one that happened just a little bit before we went on the show. We didn't even have much information on the uh, the severity of it, but Brandon Woodruff, uh, one of the big starters for the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, got placed on the IL with shoulder inflammation. Uh, you never like seeing shoulder or forearm when it comes to pitchers, especially on their pitching side. Inflammation's never a good thing. Uh, so don't quite know the severity of it and how long it'll be out, but the inflammation on the shoulder or elbow is never a good thing when you're talking about pitchers. I think this one's Matt. We got a brave segment coming up, but Brandon, what, we, we talked about <laughs> in our Brewers preview that you know, the pitching for the Brewers was going to determine whether or not that team could carry to the playoffs or would end up being a disappointment, right? Well, early on, the pitching has been great, but the big worry with those power arms is going to be that those little twingy inflammation style injuries that nag at guys like Brandon Woodruff all season that end up hurting their chances. And Burns is off to a little bit of a rough start. You know, Woodruff had been off to a really strong start. So you wonder if, you know, the, the Brewers are going to be able to, to kind of weather the storm. But on the on the other hand, their offense has been incredible thus far. I mean, you've seen Brian, Ryan Anderson, Joey Weimer, uh, you know, they, they've had really, really strong offensive performances kind of supplanting the need for that starting pitching early on. Hence, they're, you know, leading the NL Central right now. So, you know, the, the Brewers maybe can sponge losing out one of, you know, Brandon Woodruff for a while, but. Yeah, because it, because it, that offense has been better than we kind of thought originally, but that's not what you want to see at all in terms of you know having picked the you know, been the one guy on, in the pod who's picked the Brewers. You know, I needed Brandon Woodruff healthy the whole season in order to be right there. Yeah, and it's I'll add one thing to it. I think it just depends on how long this lasts. Because I mean, it sounds like Craig Council said they think it's going to be a minimum stay on the IL, but you never know with shoulders. I've been watching uh watching baseball a while now and it seems like every time someone has a shoulder injury they say it's going to be minimum and then some of them are minimum and then some of them are like four months and he's still not back so you just never kind of not, never really know but hopefully uh hopefully brandon woodruff comes back pretty soon because the brewers have been fun to watch so far this year yeah so before we jump to that brave segment uh baseball has been absolutely wild tonight 
Um, so while we were talking about it, well, you, you could say <laughs> that one, but uh, the Orioles and A's have now come back and it's tied seven, seven. Uh, the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, as you were just talking about them, David Bednar blew the save against the Astros. And then G1 Bay hit a three run walk off homer off Ryan Presley. Uh, and then the Cubs were down seven, nothing. And then what happened, David? Oh my God, dude. So I, I turned the game off at seven, nothing. And I was like, Hey, you know what? I'll turn it back on for Cody Bellinger's at bat, hit a single. And then the Cubs loaded the bases. And then it was, I think Bellinger got hit in by Mancini and they loaded the bases. And then Nelson Velasquez did a walk, uh, go ahead, grand slam. Uh, Ian Hapgerson, another RBI double Cubs are up nine to seven. They were down seven to zero an half inning ago. So, so that's, so that's what's going on over there. <laughs> I'm and having the, a good and, night. <laughs> and the Orioles just took the lead against the A's. Now it's eight, seven. And you're, you're oh my talking goodness. about, you're just talking about the uh, pirates walking off. And it was, we were just talking about uh Bay. G1 yeah. Bay. G1 walk off Homer. So yeah, he's, he's been good. Yeah. And, yeah, he's, and he's, like I said, every, every game matters, man. It yeah. is seriously, you got to pile up these early yeah. wins. You can't yeah. give up seven, nothing. Who cares? Keep playing. What if something happens? What if the ball goes out like it has been for the Cubs tonight? And you know what the craziest result of all is? The fact that the Marlins have put up seven runs in a game. Yeah. Kind of had to after Sandy gave up like 15 yesterday. Yeah. And they were facing Nola, so. (laughs) Anyways, so that's what's been happening in baseball. Live updates, I think, for the second time on the show or whatever but it's been it's been crazy uh so okay so matt let's get to the atlanta braves uh injury segment and we'll just go ahead and let you take off on this because you ran it down pre-show and there's a lot here yeah so the braves for an early season have been ravished by injuries so far they started the season with kyle wright on the il Max Freed went down on opening day. We talked about that last week. But in this past week, you've had Michael Harris uh, go on the IL with, I think it was a back, some kind of like lower back strain type thing. Yeah. And then you had uh, Colin McHugh go on the IL with shoulder discomfort. Uh, you have uh, Travis Darnold has a, has a concussion from a collision at the plate. You know, we talked about collisions at the plate just a few minutes ago with O'Neill Cruz, and the same thing happened to Darnold, except he's got a concussion. Uh, which it's really worrisome, honestly, with him, because I think he had a lot of concussions back in his days with the Mets. Uh, that was something he dealt with, so hopefully he's back soon. But um, there's been a lot of injuries for the Braves. Um, Rizal Iglesias is still in the IL. He apparently has started throwing, but uh, Kyle Wright came back tonight. didn't look very good. So, But uh, there's a lot of injuries for the Braves. Um, it, the good news is that it seems like most of the guys who have been at the big league level so far this year – uh, are not long-term injuries, but there is one long-term injury that we found out today, and that is that Ian Anderson is going to have Tommy John surgery. And man, it, it's—I hate to see that because you know he had really been struggling. He was awful in the big leagues last year. Went down to AAA and was bad. And this spring, you know, there had been a lot of talk about how he had great off-season progression, and he was working on developing a slider. And he was really bad during the spring; could not throw strikes. Went to AAA, his first start in AAA, gave up like six runs without recording an out in the first inning, and they pulled him. And then I think it was after that start, he said he started feeling elbow discomfort and went on the IL with a you know elbow injury, and they found out it's going to be Tommy John surgery. I don't think it was causing his struggles, but I think that there might be maybe something in his mechanics that was off that was causing his struggles, might have caused the elbow injury. I think it's possible, but he's always had a little bit of a funky arm action, so 
really hate to see that. And, and I said in our that's our group thing earlier when when uh, it was sent, I said, man, I I really struggle to see him making it back to the big leagues. I really hope I'm wrong about that, but I really, really am. Uh, you know, I, I really, really hope he he comes back and is healthy again. But man, it it really sucks to see. So. Uh, Tommy John surgery for Ian Anderson, but uh, hopefully, uh, you know, hope wish him the best, and hopefully the rest of the Braves are able to get healthy. I know, um, you know, it seems like it might be a couple more weeks, but they might be able to get get back to full health. So everything that's happening. Mount Castle hit a grand slam today is just insane. Oh yeah, uh, love baseball. Yeah, yeah. It does, it's a lot of big injuries there for the Braves. What? Wait, Lu- no. Luis Arias hit for the cycle? Yeah. I'm surprised. The, I mean, I'm not surprised he got a triple, a double, and a single. I'm very surprised he got a home run. Well, some things happen. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of big injuries for the Braves there. You need to get, uh, you know, that pitching staff figured out. Ian Anderson was, might have been a, a, somebody to come back up, but now he's going to be out for the year. Michael Harris, you need him back. Um soon so uh big big injury news on the braves there and and we'll keep updated on what's happening there but a couple updates on players who are making their way back um first off just a little short one i we kind of mentioned it on the tim anderson thing looks like eloy jimenez uh when he was first placed on the il i think on the fifth it was said that he was going to miss like three plus weeks uh looks like he could make his return this weekend uh possibly uh so we'll keep our eyes on that but a couple big ones uh Seiya suzuki who had uh, an oblique strain in spring training uh he's making progress and looks like he could be back this week or the weekend uh david i know you were talking about that yeah say is on track to come back this weekend against the dodgers um should be should be back in right field they cubs have been kind of going without a right fielder called up nelson velasquez and a grand slam today so whoops um, but yeah, once say it gets back, I think that should, you know, kind of cement their plants in right field. He's been getting hits in Iowa. I think he hit second tonight and he's already been on base a couple of times. So yeah, he, he, he should be good to go. Good to start for the season. And we, we talked about him a bunch in our pre, our prediction show for the, for the Cubs. So it'd be good to have say back finally. Yeah, it, it really will be. He's a, a player that could, that lineup could really use right now. Um, but, uh, the big one is Bryce Harper. Uh, we kind of all scratched our heads when uh, the Phillies decided not to put him on the 60-day IL. It was kind of assumed that he was going to be out until the All-Star break. Um, and as of today, he's been cleared to start hitting in live game action. Um, still no timeline for his actual return, but that's a massive, massive step. Um, he could potentially be back DHing in just a couple weeks. Uh, the Phillies are still kind of worried about him having to run the bases with the elbow and sliding and anything that could impact that could happen there and potentially jeopardize it. So they'll still probably hold him out for a while, but a guy who we were expecting to return in the middle of July, I mean, we could be even a month away, you know, getting a couple extra months of Bryce Harper than the Phillies expected Um, and them losing Reese Hoskins uh, and them having kind of struggled to, to in the season he's a guy that they really really need to get back and play at that mvp level so it's a good sign that he's making improvements to where you know he could return a lot earlier than most people expected yeah the phillies really need bryce harper back and you know obviously for his talents but they kind of need a spark too they've looked awful so far this year 
and the pitching staff's been really rough, so they need to get something. They need some kind of spark to get going, and and you know he might be the guy that comes back. He's definitely the type of a uh, the type of a uh, clubhouse guy, and uh, you know just the, the he's superstar a leader. type. Yeah, he's the superstar leader type that can get your team going when he comes back. So uh, we'll see if that happens. But uh, they've been really rough uh, so far, and uh, they need Bryce Harper back. And we'll see. And uh, you know, you mentioned the Reese Hoskins injury. They also lost Derek Hall who is the replacement for Reese Hoskins. So yeah. they've, they're down two guys that are – obviously they have like their entire team is DHs, but, um, you know, they've lost two DHs. So they need Bryce Harper to, to get back to hit. So Absolutely. So uh, I think that's going to wrap up the, the sad part of our injury-riddled show so far. But let's go ahead and jump over to kind of some – just the young players of the segment or of the show. But – uh, we had a couple big call-ups this week. Grayson Rodriguez was, I think, what, the number two or three prospect in baseball got called up. And then Francisco Alvarez, which is right up there at the top of the list as well, uh, got called up from the Mets who are dealing with uh, Omar Narvaez being out for a couple months. But a couple top prospects. we already seen Anthony Volpe, Jordan Walker, you know, Corbin Carroll obviously got a little bit of run last year. But now two big names in Grayson Rodriguez and Francisco Alvarez up in the majors. Yeah, and Grayson pitched tonight and get, ended up giving up a bunch of runs. But I, I think, you know, with a lot of these young pitchers, you're going to see some growing pains. Um, and it'll take them a little bit to get worked into their rhythm. I, I don't think we see very often guys with, you know, Grayson's got a lot of really nasty stuff. Commanding that stuff is against major league hitters without making the mistakes that, that give up the runs, even against the Oakland days, it's all, you know, it's all about experience and it's all about learning what you can and can't do. And uh, you know, Grayson's going to be fine. He had a really good start, honestly, against the Rangers uh, shaky first inning, got settled in, ended up going five innings. He looked really good. So my, I, my vision f- going forward is that he'll be totally fine. And, you know, I, Hayden Wisniewski's another one tonight, had a really rough outing, but I think these young pitchers, we're seeing these guys, you know, getting to the major leagues, finding it's, it's not all cake and they're going to have to, you know, go through some of those, those early struggles, you know, success is, development isn't always linear. So, uh, you know, Grayson's just hitting that early rough patch, but I think he'll be okay. Yeah. Hit on for Alvarez. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to mention on, on Grayson real quick. Uh, you know, he got left in, you know, the minors to start the season. And I think the Orioles were kind of hoping he would settle in a little bit and, and kind of get, you know, kind of really get on a roll. He missed a lot of last year. He hadn't spent a ton of time at AAA yet. And uh, I think they were kind of hoping he'd get a few starts there. And then they kind of needed him when Kyle Bradish went down. So, uh, you know, I think they might not have been loved when they had to call him up. And he hasn't looked Right, he looked pretty good in his first start. The start tonight against a bad team, he got lit up a little bit. His control wasn't great, so um, you know, hopefully, he can kind of get rolling at some point. I think I do think he's still kind of you know getting get used to it, getting used to pitching at the big league level. So, but. yeah, and as for Alvarez, I mean, he's not probably not even going to have the the main catching job for yeah. the for the Mets right now. I think it'll mostly be Nito. Alvarez may get some DH starts, but. I think they just, you know, want him to, you know, get going. Otherwise, they would have not signed Al- Al- uh, no, Narvaez this off season, and, you know, you know, gone with Alvarez to start the year had they kind of believed in him as the starting catcher this season. So, yeah, the Mets. I think if they really need to play Francisco Alvarez every day 
right now uh, because you do not want to waste the guy's development time by sticking him up at the big league level as the backup catcher to Thomas Nito while Narvaez is out for two months and to just miss two months of consistent plate appearances. Like He needs to either be starting every day in AAA or even if you don't catch him every day, he needs to catch or DH you know, at, a, at, at a regular level. I mean, at least like five or six times a week. You know, and not just come up and sit on the bench for six games until you need him to catch a day game after a night game or something. So uh, I don't – we'll see how they manage that. But uh, Francisco Alvarez does have – definitely have the talent to be a really good player. And uh, I, if you had a bet on me – if you had bet me that he would be called up before Brett Beatty, then I would be shocked because Brett Beatty has been tearing up AAA. So um, I thought that was kind of interesting. But uh, definitely – uh you know, definitely he's a guy who, you know, I think they need to kind of get consistent plate appearances for. Brett Beatty will probably be called up yeah. soon, but he's been dealing with uh, thumb inflammation from, I think he had surgery in the off season on his thumb. Gotcha. Um, and he has been dealing with some like inflammation slash still a little bit of pain in there. Uh, he's still been playing really well, but I know he was out for a few days. Um, so I would assume that's also another reason yeah. why. There. But uh, another one of the young guys we've talked about is Jordan Walker. Uh, you know, we talked about him getting called up and getting the big run for, he had a massive, massive spring. Well, all he's done is hitting 10 straight so far to start his career in the majors. Yeah, I'll, I can start with this because believe it or not, you know, I've watched the Cardinals more than David has probably because <laughs> they've played my team, but Jordan Walker, correct. Looked, yeah, Jordan Walker's looked really good. Um, he, he's hit the ball really, really hard and that's what he's done for his entire minor league career. And that's what he started off doing at the big league level, uh, skip triple a. And I think that there's some things that he's going to have to work on. He's definitely still a work in progress. Like he's defensively just not even like in the ballpark, but this is like his first games ever playing outfield. And, you know, he's also kind of, you know, his approach at the plate still, he's still gonna have to learn there, but uh, you know, he definitely seems to be a guy who can contribute as a hitter at the big league level early, and he's looked pretty good so far. Uh, you know, a 342 average in his first 10 games, 390 on base, and a 553 slugging. In his first home run against the Braves the other day, it was an absolute missile on a line to left field. So, uh, I think the guy is going to be a, a really solid player at the big league level. Um, but we'll see. Uh, We'll see how he progresses uh, this year. Definitely going to have to, you know, start getting a little bit more disciplined at the plate and, and keep working on that outfield defense. Yeah, he really will. Uh, but it's been good to see the, the rookies come up and actually have a, a good time so far. Uh, but let's go ahead and look over at uh, kind of just the league leaders through the first couple weeks of the season. It's always fun just to look at the kind of people who have performed well before the uh the talent levels of the people who are usually up there kind of take over and, and uh, you know, do the the normal thing that they do. But looking at the league leaders so far, I mean, we just talked about him a little bit with the cycle here, but Luis Arias is leading the league in average and on base percentage. Uh, Adam Duvall is leading the league in slugging percentage. Uh, Brian Reynolds and Pete Alonso are tied for homers. They're at five each. Um, Jordan is leading in RBIs at 16, and then Miles Straw is actually leading the majors in stolen bases at six so far. That's yeah. six stolen bases in 11 games, too. I mean, that's 
what almost you know, he's got a, a pace for a lot of stolen bases and there's a bunch of guys at like five right behind him too yeah. i mean it the stolen base is definitely up uh kind of as i thought i don't know if it's as high as i thought it would be but it is it is up and, and you're gonna see guys i think taking advantage of that more and more as we go throughout the season this year yeah i uh I think it's kind of interesting. Like, there's a few of these guys on here you could absolutely see them going like basically wire to wire. Like, I could definitely see Arias winning the batting title in the in the National League. I don't know about on base, but batting title average for sure. Like, home runs. I would not be surprised at all if Pete Alonso was the home run champion in the National League, especially with you know Harper not not playing for a while, uh, and then Jordan obviously for RBIs. And I would be shocked if Miles Straw was a stolen base leader because he's. I mean, he's really, really fast, and I don't know if he's going to be able to get on base enough to do it, but um, he's got a lot of speed. He's a, he's always been a good base stealer, so uh, definitely interesting start. Arias now is hitting 537 after tonight. Uh, he has is four for five with obviously hit for the cycle, which I don't know if it's more surprising that he, you know, I don't know which home run was more surprising him or John Birdie also homer tonight. So, um, speaking of former stolen base champs, um, John Birdie is. I think he was the leader in stolen bases last year in the National League, which is kind of interesting. But definitely an interesting start, and uh, you know we'll see if some of these guys can keep it going. I mean, uh, I guess Duvall will stay up there all year because he probably won't, unfortunately, won't be playing. But um, we'll stick we'll stick to qualified hitters, so Duvall yeah, will fall off. But that's true. yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I really hate that. Like I say, he was having such a great start. Sucks to see, but anyway. So uh, definitely a definitely interesting start. So. Yeah, it's been it's been really interesting to see. Um, you know, the the stolen bases have picked up definitely. Um, you know, Brian Reynolds leading that with five homers, uh, especially after all the turmoil. Sometimes that breaks people down. Sometimes it makes them play even better, and seems like it's made him play even better. Um, and then Arias, you know, we always knew he was good, and we didn't factor that he'd be bad after going to the Marlins, but. Uh, still been off to a surprising start, which it's their first cycle in team history, by the way. Uh, yeah, I, I did they, see that. That was interesting. Something they've had 548 different players play for them and nobody's hit a cycle so far. Uh, and, he's been a, a Marlin for 12 games and has and you, a cycle. And, you know, you would think like they've had so many players that would like you would think Hanley Ramirez or yeah. Jose Reyes would hit for a cycle at some point. Like they've had those mm-hmm. guys playing for them. So, but. Yeah. Been shocking, but uh, let's go ahead and jump over to player of the week and uh, wrap this episode up. So, uh, past years we've done a hitter and a pitcher. This year we're just going to go to one player per. Uh, so, David, who do you have for your player this week? Oh, yeah, I've, so I've got Chris Bubich uh, from the Royals. Uh, he was not good last year, right? I mean, that's a guy who really struggled. Um, but you know, coming out, he looked better and he has been walking absolutely no one. Uh, he's sitting on, I want to say it's a, yeah, he had a 164 ERA. So he gave up, I think one run in 11 innings or two runs in 11 innings, uh, pitch this last week. Uh, you know, a lot of strikeouts, no walks, right? I mean, this is a guy who at really needed a good performance and a good season to get going, I think, and to help this Royals team. The Royals have been, you know, we, we, they've had a lot of young pitching come up in the last couple of years and had very little success with it. I mean, you think about Brady Singer, Kowar, Bubich is another one. Like, they 
they just haven't been able to develop that pitching. You know, remember they, they drafted Ace Lacey. He ended up, he hasn't been good, right? They, they've had problems with their pitching development to see a big step forward in the, the stuff, the pitching velocity, just at the command of Chris Bubich is good. And, you know, maybe, maybe it's a, a, a flash in the pan, right? It might be a fluke. Obviously it's just two starts, but uh, it's really impressive to see and uh, definitely worthy of earning a, like a player of the week. And, you know, we get to a chance to talk about a guy who hasn't really, you know, done anything noteworthy, you know, of it in his career so far. So um, hopefully it continues. Yeah. My player of the week, uh, Bubich is, that's a good pick. And I, I will say, um, there, they did an article of Fancrafts today about how much his stuff had picked up this year. So uh, maybe maybe he'll be able to sustain some level of it. But uh, my player of the week, uh, I, I went with Hunter Renfro. Uh, he's homered on three straight days. He This week he hit 409 with a 480 on base, a 909 slugging. Um, you know, Hunter Renfro is a guy that, uh, you know, we, we talked about before the season, the Angels, or in the offseason, the Angels really needed to add players around Trout and Otani, as everyone talks about, and that they just have never seemed to be able to find like a solid group of role players to be on that team with their superstars. And Hunter Renfro is one of those types of guys. Like if he has a good year, like he could really help that team. And I think that so far he's been paying off in his last six games, you know, obviously those three home runs. I mean, the angels have looked a little bit better maybe, but they've also kind of also had some issues. They're five and five. I think the bullpen's blown up a couple of times. Like, you know, it's been a little bit of a mixed bag from them. But, uh, you know, definitely a team that uh, definitely, you know, they need Hunter Renfro to have a good year, and, and he's off to a good start. So it's nice to see. Yeah, Hunter Renfro, a.k.a. like Mike Trout, a.k.a. like Tim Sam, and they all look the same. They do. Maybe maybe, maybe he just got confused on who he actually is this year <laughs> so far. Um, but for, uh, for my player this week, I went with Garrett Mitchell. A lot of other players probably had better weeks, um, but Mitchell's been a guy I've talked about a lot on here, and uh, he had a couple homers off Max Scherzer uh, to lead the Brewers to a win, and then pinch hit, uh, I think it was the next day, and hit a walk-off homer, I believe it was against Ottavino, yep. um, to to lead them to victory that day. So had, uh, had three homers with six RBIs, and still striking out a lot, but a 300 average, just somebody that, since I had talked about him a lot, and he's... He's been pretty good to start the year off so far. I wanted to give him a shout out for uh, player of the week here, but a lot of other guys could have easily been on here. You know, we Duval, you'd mentioned last week. Matt Chapman had a really good week. Um, Vlad, obviously, Luis Robert had four homers this week. So Brian Reynolds, when we talked about again, him yeah. Matt also just hit the hardest home run hit in the season so far tonight too, at 119 miles per hour. Listen, you had a brave segment earlier, all right? You stop it. I, well, he's also on the top six, and we were talking about players of the week. He's on the top six for war this week, so yeah, he's worth count. mentioning. Yep, doesn't count. Bryce Elder count. has a zero ERA in two starts this week yeah. as well. There you I go. Mean, Another brave. Count. Yeah. yeah, I mean it was the <laughs> Reds and the Cardinals, so I'm not yeah, two <laughs> weak teams. That's true. that's a definitely exactly. <laughs> All right, this thing has gone off the rails here. We have what this. But uh, anyways, anything else you guys want to wrap up on just before we end this? Baseball freaking rules, man. What a night. Yeah, yeah what an insane a, day so far. It has far. been. A, it's been a fun season so far. I, I, I'm excited to see maybe some guys settle in a little bit who are still kind of adjusting. I mean, we've seen some of these guys have so many walks and you know stuff. I'm thinking maybe some of the pitch clock adjustments will help some of that. But 
man, it's been a fun season so far. It's been uh, been really good to see. Also, have to see if the ball is different. You know, we've we've had a a juiced ball in 2021. Last year, we had the the ball that was kind of dejuiced, oh. except for Aaron Judge. So, um, I would say, you know, we're definitely too early on, but um, the offense does look like it's up from both. I think the shift ban and from uh, maybe another change to the ball. Yeah, it's been a fun season. Tonight's been incredibly fun, even as we're trying to record this and everything's happening. But it's been a fun season so far. I can't wait to you know, be in person there on Friday and, and see all the changes for myself. Um, you know, one thing I did notice when they did the McCutcheon thing, and just because the reason I'm going is Cody's first game back in Dodger Stadium there. But um, shout out to the umpire in Pittsburgh that gave Andrew McCutcheon the actual time to get his like reception from the Pittsburgh fans yep. in the first home game and not calling the pitch clock violation on him or anything like that was incredibly, I, I was worried about those little moments if they were going to get lost here or there. Um, I don't know if that's how it's going to be handled most of the time, but that was a very special moment that I am happy to see that maybe they give a little bit of leeway in certain instances for certain things. I think they will. I, I wouldn't believe yeah. that that's the kind of thing that wouldn't, you know, that would, that would be taken away from this. You know, everybody's standing up and clapping in the stadium, right? Like that's, yeah. that's part of it. And I mean, shoot, if the pitcher, you know, doesn't get on the rubber or something, it don't matter because they can't start the clock until everybody, you know, the pitcher's on the rubber. So well, they have theory, the, 30 the pitcher just clock. stays off the rubber and then there you go. Right. Like, so no. they still have the 30 second yeah. clock and the batter still has to be in the box at eight seconds. Yeah, I mean, so you it, still do have that. Yeah, but yeah, everybody knows what's going on. So I'm sure Cody will get a good a good standing O, and you, you got to be the loudest one for us. All right, you got to get your two people. Listen, all right. Listen. <laughs> uh, one thing also, we've seen like umpires take a lot of offense to things this year, uh, even more than usual. Hooray! Um, yeah, like this I know is Austin the Barnes. Podcast. Austin Barnes got thrown out while catching the other day because he told the umpire, "Like, come on, man, you got to give us something here." Yeah, and JT Real Muto, same thing, and that was yeah. in spring About training. Spring training. Then, yeah, Manny Machado, Castellanos. Yeah, there's been a, a lot of those. The so. Phillies are probably paying the umpires to throw Castellanos out. He's been fine. He hasn't been the problem, that's for sure. Well, <laughs> anyways, but yeah, what a what a way that we just went off the rails at the end of this episode. That's how it works. But, yeah, we keep it structured, and then in the end, we just go all over the place welcome to what our everyday chats look like guys but uh anyways thank you guys for tuning in to episode 121 of the bat flip podcast and we will catch you guys back next week